0: talk radio
1: welcome in friends to the jazz mill broadcast a celebration of all things jazz featuring the great music of and interviews with some of the hottest singers and players on the planet as always your calls and feedback are welcome now your host scott henderson
2: Hello, you jazz lovers out there. Welcome into the Jazz Mill podcast. Uh, Hey, here's a fun fact. Did you know that researchers at Oxford University recently found a correlation between high IQ and those who dig jazz? and that the more people listen to jazz, the smarter they became, which is very good news for a guy like me. On top of that, the overwhelming majority of jazz lovers uh, tend to recycle. Uh, They are also kind to small animals, and most of them floss daily. Uh, Like the man says, I am your humble host, Scott Henderson, and for the next hour or so, we're going to do our level best to entertain you with great music Great discussion and in-depth interviews with the hottest players, singers, and composers on the planet. As always, we invite your calls at 515-602-9600. That's 515-602-9600. Or if you'd be more comfortable, you can visit our chat room and make some new friends there if you'd rather. Well, let's punch up my Jazz mill uh, cohort and uh, host, Greg Rockingham, who's been keeping the beat since he was about five years old. Uh, He is an alumnus of the prestigious Interlochen Arts Academy and Northeastern University. He's worked with Nancy Wilson, Freddie Cole, Kenny Burrell, Glenn Miller, and Steely Dan, just to name a few. Presently, he plays with the Soul Message Band. They are the hottest B3 combo east of the Mississippi, in my humble opinion. Uh, He can be heard weekly at Chicago's historic Green Mill. Uh, Welcome in, Greg. How are you, friend?
3: I'm good. How are you doing?
2: Uh, Very well. I'm caffeinated. I'm very excited about our guest. We have a real peach heat up for you today, folks, as we visit. With the great drummer and composer John Armato, uh, who is going to try to convince a couple of uh, beatniks like Greg and I to open up to the world of ballads, Uh, John came up as a sideman in Kansas City in the 80s and 90s. Working with local society bands and ja- uh, jazz leaders, as well as backing touring acts and ghost bands such as the Ink Spots, the Platters, the Jimmy Dorsey Orchestra, and more, uh, he's also a, he was also a member of the Kansas City Chiefs uh, Pack Band, which, as I understand, it plays when they're in uh, in the stadium uh, on on home games. Uh, his record entitled "The Drummer Loves Ballads" has received rave reviews, with the critics calling it brightly polished and immaculate musical they go on to say every tune is thoughtful and played with with a kind of harmonic precision and as the whole and as a whole, the tunes tell us a story one of Armado's journey as a musician and along the way he shows what he loves uh, as a bouquet of soulful ballads but hopefully many more to come uh, He had this to say as track one uh, from his album uh, called Uh, the drummer loves ballads
4: it all began the summer of 81 back in Kansas City where I'd grown up and for a while so had jazz I was a 17 year old drummer and this was one of my first times at a jazz festival you know concerts and clinics and of course jam sessions I didn't know then that most jam sessions aren't really about music. They're about trying to impress the other players. figured that out at the venue, a place called Crown Center, where I found myself behind a bunch of horn players trying to play higher, louder, and faster than the other guy. Eventually, there was a little break after some tune like Cherokee, and the sax player in charge asked, what do you want to play next? Silence. So I said, how about a ballad? Wrong answer. This guy turns around and looks at me with confusion and anger in his eyes. A ballad, he sputtered. What's the matter, man? You tired? No, I said. I just love ballads. His disgust hung in the air like a thought bubble. I'm trying to run a jam session and the drummer loves ballads? He didn't actually say anything else. He just turned around and kicked off another tune. I forget what it was, but I do remember this. It wasn't a ballad.
3: <laughs> Interesting, <laughs> <Daniel>. <laughs>
2: Uh Welcome in, John, to the Jazz Mill Cafe. How are you, kind sir? Oh, Oh, listen!
4: I'm just delighted to be with you, you and Greg. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Well, we're thrilled,
2: man. We just uh, we we dig your stuff. You you uh, I hate to hate to uh, pull the punchline out, but uh, you've already convinced me as I researched your your good works <laughs> on This record, uh, you you find a way. The, the the loping swing is in there, baby. It's cooked in, and I just love oh, it. I got to tell you. you. I, I, bottom bottom all up and I encourage our listeners to do the same. Uh it's a great <laughs> album. Critics it's a darling of the critics and uh Greg and I are just excited to help you uh with that and uh here hear maybe what's next uh on, on the horizon for you. Uh so Kansas City, as I understand Yeah. You, yeah, Kansas um, City it, is, is is home. <clears throat> It's a great town. Uh, it, 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 you and Greg have a lot in common. Uh, Greg is a, is a drummer like yourself, and uh, I Wonderful. think you guys both—you both started at around seventeen. Is that right?
3: Well, I actually
4: took my first lesson when I was eight years old, and then uh, <laughs> you know went through all the school music programs. Started playing professionally uh, around 1983 or so. Uh, actually, my very first oh. professional gig—I was still in high school. And uh, that was yeah. with the Ink Spots. They were they were doing a show in Kansas City. Uh, but then I started working steadily a few years later in college. So, um, uh, yeah, I, as a kid, I just knew that I had to have sticks in my hands for for some reason. It was just preordained.
2: Yeah. yeah, I I can relate. Uh, it just uh, it, it it felt right to you, uh, Greg. Does that sound yeah. familiar? I'm thinking I'm thinking of your uh, your. Uh, uh interaction with uh the, the glenn miller band that if i can indulge you maybe you'd share that story with john and our listeners
3: oh okay first uh hello john i uh, wanted to hello, say hello, hello greg gonna yeah mm-hmm. nice it is a pleasure to listen to your uh music and uh pleasure to talk to you that's uh well likewise i, Thank I wanted you. to say first yeah i uh uh went to uh and Arts Academy so I was yeah. playing uh before that and then I was telling Scott uh the Glenville Orchestra came to the school to, to do a concert and you know this as uh, uh as well as probably everybody else uh knows this that every now and then uh you get a musician that uh wants to leave the band but doesn't know how. And right. Just leaves in the middle of the night. <coughs> well, the, uh, that's what this drummer did. Yeah.
0: That's one way to do it. Uh, <laughs> that's, yeah. to do it. that's
3: not the, the not the way I recommend. Uh, I'm sure you don't either. But
0: yeah, I'm glad
3: this guy. Uh, yeah, I'm glad this guy left uh, because um, a jazz band director came to my room. So he knocked on the door, and his name is Dave. His name is Dave Sporny. And uh, yeah. actually, he's a trombone Trump, Trump <clears throat> player. He lives in uh, Massachusetts now, and he's retired. Uh, but anyway, uh, he said the Glimmerla Orchestra is coming tonight. And as much as I knew about Glimmerla Orchestra was what I saw on television, the Glimmerla story, right. which was uh, a great movie, and with Jimmy Stewart, and that, right. that's about all I knew. So I listened to, some, you know, I went to the library and listened to some music. And played the concert that night and uh, the leader of that time uh, was Jimmy Henderson He's passed away and asked yeah. me if I wanted to go on the road and I said well sure but I have to uh, I got to finish school and I graduated mm-hmm. in, in May and I was still young real close to my parents I had wonderful uh, parents sure. and they took the call and uh, I graduated high school in June, and we were going to Stevens Point, Wisconsin, to meet the band. But we saw the mm. band on Highway 94 uh, going into Wisconsin. So my dad and the bus driver connected eyes. They pulled to the side of the road. Uh, <laughs> they came and got my drums. My dad was kicking me out, and my mom yeah. was crying, and I got on the bus, and then I left. <laughs> But, but a great, uh, I, great. I don't want to make this about me. This is about you. This is about you. Now that's, that's from yeah. Kansas City. Uh, well, that's very cool. I just wanted to ask uh, John real quick. Uh, Kansas City, I uh, so you must know Everett Devan, organ player in I've, Kansas City.
4: Oh, my gosh. I played with Everett uh, for, for a, 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 quite a number of gigs at one time in the, uh, oh, I guess about in the mid-'80s, and, Holy cow! Uh, did he know, did he know how to play a B three or what? I mean, that was that was that was just a treat for me, uh, yeah. absolutely.
3: And, yeah. Uh, yeah, Everett, I got a chance to meet Everett uh, Charles Earland. I used to play with him, and he had a jazz cruise, so he was like the feature one of the featured acts, uh, yeah. as well as some other artists. And he hired Everett. Play organ in the rhythm section with myself as a guitar player. That's how I first met him, and then oh, uh, we played together a few times. But uh, another guy and the last guy I'll mention, uh, uh, and I won't say too much, but uh, he was a, a good player, a guy named a drummer uh, named Marvin Jones at, uh, from Kansas City. I don't know if you know knew him.
4: I know the I know the name, but but never knew him personally.
3: Okay, all right. Yeah. Well.
4: Yeah, uh, but you know, Scott. you know, there, you, you trigger it, a couple of thoughts. There's some, there's some connections here. Uh, there's an Everett Devan connection to my album, Drummerless Ballads. It was through Everett mm-hmm. that I first met a singer named Lisa Henry, and Everett was a, mm-hmm. a, a mentor to Lisa. Lisa's a fabulous singer. Uh, and uh, I first met her on an Everett Van gig, and, and Everett was teaching her the business and about music and swing and everything. And I first met her on, on an uh, Everett gig, and then we worked together over the years in all kinds of settings. She used to sing with some big bands that I played with, and uh, we'd do a variety of you know uh, nightclub uh, gigs and that sort of thing. But uh, uh, I recorded on Lisa's demo for. Uh, what was then the Thelonious Monk Institute Jazz Competition. It's now the Herbie Hancock Institute. And uh, mm. that was back mm. in 94. She called me and asked if I'd play on her demo. And I loved Lisa so much, and she could have any player she wanted that I remember actually saying, wait, are you sure you want me? <laughs> mm. <laughs>
0: uh, and she said, don't
4: you want to do it? I'm like, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, yes, let me just yeah, say, yes yeah, Do yeah. you want to do it? Uh, so we went in the studio and recorded her demo, uh, which got her into the competition. And she ultimately, I think, placed second, but uh, had this fabulous experience touring the world as a as an ambassador of the, of the monkeys Institute. So uh, we we have Everett DeVan to thank for uh, bringing uh, the two of us together.
3: Isn't that something? Well, that's, oh, that's uh, wonderful. Uh, that's something.
2: Yeah. Yeah. A common thread. A yeah. common thread. We're going to hear her in a second uh, here, as a matter of fact, John on uh at the broken right. uh, barrow and I want to I want to hear uh but before I let you get to that I got to ask you uh you were in the pack band at uh at Kansas yeah. City uh it, and, and I, I got to ask you if you if you have any recollections from those days
4: well it's uh, only embarrassing ones to tell you the truth uh, so that was <laughs> 1980 that was yeah. 1988 and um Tony DeFardo was a really well-known uh, band, society band leader, and, and booked a ton of stuff in Kansas City. And yeah. uh, there had been a change in the front office at the Chiefs, and uh, they were going to put a new face on the music and everything. And so they brought uh, Tony in to put together what they called the Pack Band. And yeah, we we were field yeah. level in the end zone um, and played during breaks and that sort of thing. Now I was only in band, that band for one. For yeah, it was fun and. Tell you what, when you're field level in the end zone, you can hear football players huh. when they run into each other in a way that you can't hear. No, <laughs> on TV. I, I it, heard the It same. was it, it was brutal. It was it, it was, was it was brutal. amazing to be at that level. But um, yeah. so I played in that band for one season, and I think yeah. it, that that band existed for a couple, three seasons. It, it, it's no longer yes. doing that now, but. Uh but but I've never been a big sports guy, and I I would get preoccupied talking to the other players or whatever. My old high school band director was playing trumpet in the band. We were close mm. friends and and uh occasionally I'd go home uh after after playing that Sunday and somebody would say, Well, how was the game? I'm like, I don't really know. <laughs> I, <wasn't laughs> <eating. laughs> well, I, I enjoyed yeah. the musician hang. I enjoyed the hang with the musicians and playing, right, and uh, just didn't always pay attention to the scoreboard. So that tells you a little about
2: me and sports. <laughs> the hot dog, the nachos were delish. Uh, yeah, exactly. hysterical. Exactly. Uh, I, well, I tell you what, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna burden either of you with my. Uh, Hank Stram was a was a, a coach. Oh, of, of yeah. the Chiefs. Uh, you might yeah. recall uh, they they mic'd him up for one of the Super Bowls. In fact, he was the first head coach to agree ah, to be marked right. up. And uh, there is some wonderful footage of him. And I do an imitation of him, but I'm going to spare you guys that out of respect <laughs> for both of you. It's pretty good, but it's not ready for prime time. Let's just say that. Uh, uh, that's funny. <laughs> well, well, yeah, he's a legend, of course. Oh what a what a character he was and he was just twitchy yeah. and oh he was fun he was so fun uh, I just I finished watching a clip of his a minute ago and I'm telling you it just made me fall in love all over again he was oh, well dressed and awesome. he was a little little guy and he just marched around like Napoleon uh, fun oh, yeah. watch yeah no doubt he was worth to, to I want to ask you John uh, you know I think all three of us uh, we we have music in our families that that shaped our 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 taste in, in a Pronounced way, and uh, I wonder if you could talk a little bit where, where, how your family influenced yours. Oh, yeah. Well,
4: you know, you mentioned the the tune that Lisa Henry sings on at the Trocadero, which is, which is the only original uh, on the album. Uh, I wrote the lyrics, and Wayne Hawkins, fabulous piano player, wrote the music. Um, But it's really the story of my parents um, uh, and, and, and their sort of uh, dating year, the one year they dated, they used to go to a club in Kansas City called the Trocadero. And I yeah. just remember growing up, whenever whenever my folks would hear a really great ballad, especially like a sultry tenor player, you know, that kind of woo-woo kind of yeah. sound, you know, one yeah. or the other of them would always just sort of lean in and, and say to me, you know, that's just like the music we used to hear at the Troc. And I just, I I can remember, I I remember that as a kid and until, until, you know, well into adulthood, that was their touchstone. That was their primary frame of reference for really great jazz. But, um, but growing up, uh, you know, we had great music in the house. Now, my dad was not a musician, but he, he loved great jazz. Um, And my mom had studied piano as as a, as a kid. She played clarinet in her high school band. She had a beautiful singing voice. Uh, you know, at mass, you would always, she's the one soprano you'd hear riding above the rest of the parish. You know, you could always hear her singing uh, at church. Um, and uh, they had an old Magnavox concert, one of those big old stereos. And... <laughs> I just, it was just always there, and, you know, I yeah. gradually became familiar with their little record collection, and it was people like Dave Brubeck, and, and June Christie, yeah. and Nat King Cole, and Sammy Davis Jr., and Anthony Newley, Broadway hits, and that sort of thing, uh, and it just, it was a lot of, you know, they had really good taste, it was a lot of good music, so that was just yeah. always on uh, when we were in, in, you know, in the house. I'm the youngest of five, and just growing up, that's kind of what, what we heard. Um, sure and i I think I you know owe it to them to that i my ears sort of um were acclimated to jazz at a time when my my peer group you know my my friends they were all listening to a c d c and you know whatever else yeah. and uh yeah. i i just i just had a, a you know an, an automatic connection to this music that i heard in, in 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 our home um yep and so it was a it was a real it was a real gift to me as far as I'm concerned and uh my parents' sixty third wedding anniversary was coming up in twenty nineteen, and the album was still in production we uh We were still finishing post production things and I, but I really wanted them to hear Act of Trocadero as a wedding gift and so our engineer uh Justin Wilson, put together a, a sort of a rough mix of it, and I was able to give them a homemade c d you know sort of just a, a, uh, a one off treasure, and A form for for their anniversary. And, you know, there's a line in, that I wrote in the lyrics that, that says time never slows its bittersweet mission. And it, it's, mm. in the, in the song, I'm sort of telling That's the great. story of them dating in 1955 and then reflecting on it years later. And it was sort of a, 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 a more appropriate line than I even knew at the time, because, um, just a few months after their wedding anniversary, mom died unexpectedly of a brain aneurysm, oh, man. and then and then dad died eight months later of, uh, from COVID, and so we lost them yeah. both pretty quickly. But it's really meaningful to me that I was able to write this song and share it with them um, to sort of acknowledge that the,
2: the gift they had given me. Yep. Yep, no question about it. What a, what a loving treasure it had to be for them, and uh, just um, you, you, you mentioned you mentioned that Magnavox that you had in your house. I wouldn't yeah. be at all surprised. Wouldn't be at all surprised if we had the same one. It had the turntable <laughs> on the left and the and the and, the, and the, the radio the radio knobs on the right and the TV in the middle. Uh, it, it 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 would take four men and a small boy to move it. Uh but, but so we never moved it. It's I have a fantasy finding one of those some
4: well so someday I'll find I'll find a, a vintage
2: Yeah, I'd buy one cause it you know, the memories, right? I mean it's those memories. But right? oh, yeah. you your ear was shaped on that machine, uh to some extent. And, and the little the little nods that your that your your mom gave you, Greg. Your dad, I know, did the same for you. He, you know, the, we're 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 all uh, kind of an open uh, an open palate, and uh, key people in our lives help help shape our tastes. And uh, boy, aren't we yeah. lucky if you think about it? We really we could have uh, fallen into could have fallen into anything else, but uh, what a, what a treat uh, we are blessed with to yeah. have such great music. Uh, speaking of that, let's play at the Trocadero.
0: The night was young, and so was their future. His Chevy Coupe pulled up to the club. The music swung that CBS summer. A soundtrack for two people in love. way with light The club truck a Got sails and jazz That cool 50's craze Dancing was tight In front of the trio Music so smooth Just room this way mm-hmm. Saxophone hung.
2: Is so great
0: yeah, featured
2: one, there. Uh, <laughs> that's been wonderful uh john uh thank featured are lisa thank uh you. henry and doug talley as i understand it and uh what a beautiful warren too uh just oh, yeah. uh, so many that, layers doug there
4: is, <laughs> yeah thank you yeah I'm doug sorry. talley on tenor and uh he he uh he's just an extraordinary player and i've known him for probably 35 years or so and uh, yeah. you know what? What what I'm thinking about is as I listen to that, and thank you for playing that. Um, it always makes me a little bit emotional thinking about my folks. I, but you know, I you understand. played the opening. Uh, you played the opening prelude off the album, the uh, telling the story of that first jam session. How I said, let's play. You know, how about a ballad? But you know that yeah. the origins of this album are sort of in a moment of rejection. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, nobody wanted to you. play a ballad at that jam session. But the album became. Uh, an album of reflection, and that that sort of arc of rejection to reflection is, I think, what kind of tells an interesting story on this album. And, and that song obviously is a reflection of my folks, but so much of the album is yeah. about reconnecting with musicians I've known for decades. And Lisa and, and Doug are are two very special people to me, and they were just just uh, you know I really wrote this with them in mind, and they they, yeah. they just did an extraordinary
2: job, I think. Well, you knocked it out of the park. No yep. question about that. That's uh, oh, uh, one, of, one of my one of my favorites. It was hard hard for me to pick. I, I love them all, and and so do the folks that reviewed the album. As I researched things, uh, this this ought to be in your collection, folks. Uh, I know you're available on <laughs> iTunes and everywhere, I think. Uh, we're going to post yep. a link to uh, your website and good works, but oh, uh, more to come here. More to come here. I, I want you to talk, if you would, John, a little bit about uh, memories. Um, that, that's another that, uh, I, that sort of hopped out at me, and I uh, wonder if you could set that yeah. up for us. Well,
4: so for years for about twenty years uh, i I had a fairly steady gig with a piano player in Kansas City by the name of Don Warner and, and uh, we had a a regular pretty much most Fridays or Saturday nights at the uh, Starlight lounge at a place called the Kansas City Club, mm-hmm. which is kind of an old money country club and in downtown kansas city and uh, Don would book me and a bass player or a guitar player and uh, a really really wonderful uh woodwind player named steve patke and steve Steve's main mm-hmm. axe was clarinet he played tenor and other things as well but he's just a, a beautiful player and a, and a beautiful person um and i remember early on on one of those gigs uh, we played memories of you the, the tune made famous by benny goodman yep. Yep. and uh steve just just made it such a beautiful thing and uh it got to the point where I just enjoyed it so much. that We'd, we'd be on a gig, and you know, and instead of getting a request from the audience, you know, the band got a request from a drummer.
0: <laughs> and <I got> to <laughs> say, hey, That's
4: play, the highest play. Yeah, uh, like, I want to hear you play memories of you. Yeah, so let's, you know, yeah. and so we that became a very standard part of our set list, and. Um, uh, when I was, I had, I lived in New York for a few years after Kansas City, and uh, between 2004-2008, I think it was around 2005 or so. Um, and this will choke me up a little bit too. I got word that Steve had died of pancreatic cancer, uh, and boy, uh, yeah. it, he was just a really, he was just a really special person. I mean, somebody just, you know, when uh, Greg, you're a player. I know you know this, Scott. You probably experienced something like this, but. You go, you get on the bandstand, and you never, you may not know who's going to be on the band that night. And you, there's certain people that when they walk in the, the room and start setting up, you just smile. You're just so happy to see them. Yeah. And, and that was Steve, yeah. you know. So as I yeah. was conceptualizing this album, uh, in that spirit of turning rejection into reflection, I, I wanted to do a tribute to a couple of players that were really important to me. And one of those guys was Steve Packie. And I just knew that we had to do Memories of You. The challenge became yeah. who to have play it, you know. Um, right. So there's there's a a clarinet player in, in Kansas City by the name of Lynn Zimmer, and Lynn is yeah. an extraordinary musician with with roots in the traditional uh, movement. He came up, with, you know, playing with Turk Murphy and um, uh, Al Hurt and and uh, just all these incredible, yeah. you know, vintage swing traditional kinds of players. And Lynn had grown up in the uh, in, the, in the Kansas City metro area. He, he was he was from outside the, the core city but um, but worked uh, on the road a time and then came back and I started asking people like, who do you think should play members of you? And I just kept getting the same response. Everybody's like, you got to get Lynn. you got to get Lynn. He's the guy to do it. Uh, yeah, and we had yeah, never yeah, worked right. together before. Yeah, we had never worked before uh, together and, and I just said um, I contacted him and I said I want to do this as a tribute to Steve Pack. He, he knew well. And I said, you know, would you come in and just do this tune and do it how do you want to do it? But it's for Steve. And, uh, and that's what we did. And he, he yeah. just, you know, it, 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 it's, it's you know, I, I have the same problem. It's like, you know, I don't have kids, but like if each one of these songs were my kids, I love all my kids equally.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you but mean. Man. I know what
4: you
2: mean. They're all lovable. There is are not. Yeah, go ahead, Greg.
3: Uh, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I want before we moved on. I want to uh, first just say uh, that was beautiful, uh, the the song we just listened to. And I have to. I'm going to pass one message, one message to John because I yeah. think it's pretty special. There's a a singer here in town that uh, is listening now. And when you put her name is Lady A, and when you put that on, uh, and she heard. Uh, the thing and she just sent a, yeah. a smiley face and Uh-oh. so i know there's another another cd so that's for sure so i uh, <laughs> well, <that's> want to compliment <laughs> if, i want to compliment you <laughs> on uh uh playing ballads uh at for people that are listening uh that's not the the easiest thing in the world uh, to do and uh, you have uh, no uh, some point in time you have to have brushes in your hand and your brush brush is is wonderful just uh, a quick drummer question for the people that are listening name me a couple a few of your your favorite brush specialists that that you oh gosh
4: Uh, there's there's so many Uh, you know jeff hamilton right there's so many right exactly yeah, he he's an extraordinary player and um uh Peter Erskine for just everything, brushes, sticks, anything. Oh, he's yeah, yeah, he's yeah. probably my my role of model of a of a of a guy with just a, a really light, musical, beautiful touch. Um but you know, one of the things I noticed over the years is that brushes even more than sticks um I think reveal just unique personality types or approaches by individual players because the sticks, you have one choice, basically, which is you're going to make a stroke. You're going to tap the drum. Brushes, yeah. you can scrape and sizzle and wash, and, and you can strike, and you, you, know, you can do so many different things with them. And uh, I've noticed that the, you know, some drummers gravitate towards uh, stick-like strokes, and others gravitate more towards the swishing. And I, what I fell in love with with brushes is the swishing. That movement across Mm -hmm. the drumhead, and and it became. I have a a sort of a metaphor in my mind about brushes, which is is it's almost like water, like a a a brook, you know, just uh, just burbling over rocks, or it's like a gentle breeze. It's got that Mm -hmm. constant but ever changing quality to it, and that's what I try Mm -hmm. to do when I play brushes. I just like that smooth, constant sort of breathing, almost across the drum, but. But uh, oh, oh gosh, I mean, I, I had the good fortune of uh, playing a high school concert, believe it or not, with Louis Belson. He he visited and did a show oh. at the clinic at my high school, and uh, we got to perform together and trade solos on a tune and that sort of thing. Louis was an underrated brush player in my mind. I mean, everyone knows him for his big band work, but he was a
2: beautiful brush player, and uh, he helped inspire me early on as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When when done right, I love I love how you think of it uh these grazing blows that are strikes as you put it uh just yeah. Yeah, i love i love the sound i can't get enough and uh you know i know there's a great amount of skill that goes into that you mentioned jeff hamilton john uh, i saw him yeah. at, a, at a, a rival club of uh, of the green mill uh, here in chicago uh, and he was there uh, with the dupaul uh, big band and he was sort of oh, ushering, sure. uh, some some young students through the through the ropes and uh, he played a long set and uh, at one point uh, he took a, a long solo and he put the sticks everything to the side. And he, and he did about five minutes with just his hands and he was oh, all over that kid. kid hand and, player. Yeah. And he, did, did he ever do oh. that in front of you? And he was doing the handball. I, I mean, it was yeah. unbelievable. People didn't know whether to scream or eat a banana. It was wild. <laughs> and, 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 and everybody at the end, everybody stood up. They were flipping out, man. It was just like the highlight of the oh. highlight of the night. But uh, yeah, he he's a wonderful no, talent, no, and uh, uh, we, we, I was so glad. And he's such a gracious man too, and that's what I find. You know, as we visit with uh, different artists each week, Greg, I know you'll agree. Uh, we just can't run into a, a bad one or an unlikable one. It's just such a, a wonderful league of uh, great people, wonderful players. But uh, even even maybe more important than that, they're they're really good people and approachable with that. Uh, so, well, isn't, know, isn't that I, I, a pleasure
4: just, in, in, in this business when you meet somebody who's not only a great artist but just a great person? That, that's that been one of oh. the real joys of my of my musical career is just, you know, uh, and, and it's not true of everybody, but, you know, because occasionally you'll be disappointed when you meet your heroes. But, you know, like, like meeting Louis as a kid, there was no more generous, gracious man on earth than Louis Belson. Uh just a gentleman. And, and a true giver, and you know when, you, when yes. you meet people who are are just who you'd want to know regardless of their musicality. you right. know, That's that's a
2: real treat. Right. That's a real treat. Happy to teach too, which mm-hmm. I think is a is a real uh show of generosity i mean they're they're willing to to share yeah. secrets and you know help you uh move along through the process i mean i i, I just uh, think that's such a generosity that uh, maybe you don't find in other uh parts of our society there's so much uh tribalism right i don't know what you want to call it right but uh, people are people have their camps man and they're and they're they're hunkered down and they're uh but in this yeah particular category it just seems like you know some of the some of the rules are different and boy it, it is refreshing it's uh it is sad for my weary soul for sure yeah. uh, well, Hey, let's play well, i, uh, I want to play yeah. i want to play memories of you and uh uh you, you're going to hear some wonderful clarinet here so uh, uh enjoy mm-hmm. Oh, do I love that featured there, Lynn Zimmer? uh Guys, if that song doesn't swing, I'm Newt Gingrich. Uh, man, I ain't. I'm telling you.
0: <laughs> oh, thank Jeff, you. Yeah, toe, well,
2: my toes going. My toes were going all wiggly, Jeff, Just, I, I'm <laughs> telling you, man. I couldn't sit still. That it's got a chug. That tempo. Uh, I don't know what they call that, but there's probably a word for it. But that is the chug I love, man. That that slow rhythm. yeah it's just oh it's just so good so good makes me misty well um, oh my gosh
4: thank beautiful you and stuff. you know we,
2: lynn lynn
4: set the tone on how he wanted to do that and it just sat down and and made itself comfortable and by the way have you ever heard anybody yeah. with more control over uh, a horn than that guy i mean no i'm just no, amazed I mean, It's you know it's has unique challenges, you know. When they when the player tries to cross into that upper register, you know, but it's not always a, a smooth transition. But man, he just sounds brilliant on every register of the horn, and uh, he swings his butt off. I agree. It was a it was a treat. It, it, I, I sure loved it. Yeah, I
2: bet it was fun fun to be in a room when that was going down. Uh Now that's oh, yeah. uh, that's a real peach. Um You know, there, the the whole album. I, I didn't find a uh an unlikable one on the whole album. I, I think that the people have just <laughs> got glad. to they they have got to get it. They've got to put it in their catalogue because it's it's important and uh you will be uh happier to to, to hear it. I, I promise you that. And uh like I said, we're gonna post oh, a link you. to it and uh I want you to buy it up as you are able because it's it's just wonderful. Uh it, it makes you That's very kind of it, it, it yeah, gives thank you, you well i just want to say too it gives you a new attitude outlook on ballads you know i, I conjure up a uh, you know a, a different type of music than we hear on this album and that's not to disparage ballads but there's nothing slow and uh, you know, uh, boring right. about right. this, quite the, op- quite the opposite. It, it, it's, there are toe tappers on here that, that make you think. I mean, there's, there's uh, obviously a lot of subtext, uh, as you explain it, John, yeah. I think people that are going to hear this are, are going to have even a richer experience because they know some of the, uh, some of the backstory and, and, um, uh, as we as we uh, close out our, our our visit here in a couple minutes, I, I just want you to uh, uh, set up this this last track from the album, and um, it, it made me weepy when when I heard it uh, the first time. I hope it doesn't happen again, but uh, uh, a, a message a message that we should all. Uh, think about uh men of a, anybody uh doesn't matter how old you are this this applies across the board we're not we're not promised tomorrow and we should uh you know place great value uh in our in our friendships and uh, i'll i'll let you do the talking here uh john well
4: yeah thank you well, a, a, a real quick note about ballads overall to your to your earlier comment and then i'll set up the last tune here but um, you know the, the the producer on this album is a very very dear friend and a world class drummer by the name of John Kashan. and uh, one of the things that we talked about early on was how to keep this from putting people to sleep. You know how do you, how do you make a ballad album interesting? And what fascinated fascinates me about ballads is all the variety within them, and I wanted to explore different rhythms and the tempo range within ballads. You know, Memories of News, But I kind of think it was a dance ballad. It moves at, the quicker, uh-huh. at a slightly quicker pace. But I wanted to get into the really dark and slow stuff, too, and try some different rhythms. And, and John was instrumental in helping to shape the the, the the variety that you hear on this album. But the, the last tune, the one you're referring to, is For All We Know. And um, uh, there's a Chicago connection, I think. I don't know if you know the name Libby York, but she's a wonderful... Jazz singer uh, who spends time in um, Key West and and in Chicago. And, um, nice. I I I met her on a. Uh, she was in Sacramento and um, we did a gig together, and this was just a couple months before we went into the studio to start the album. And she did for all we know on on this gig. And I'm like, why didn't I think of this tune? I love this yeah. tune, and the and the lyrics, of course, are just. Heart-wrenching, um, and yeah. and right there before we were done playing, I'd made a minimum note. It's like I'm going to put that on the album, and so I yeah. have Libby York to thank for, for inspiring me to put this on. But uh, the, the the it's in the last position on the album for a reason. It's it's a it's sort of the the, the ultimate reflection on all these relationships that. Uh, I sort of drew on to to make the album, and uh, it features the guitar player in the quartet, a guy named Rod Fleeman, one of the first people I met when I started working professionally, and Rod is a real special guy. He plays every note, every gig, as if it might be the very last time he ever gets to play. He Mm -hmm. is just 100% all the time and he makes music and he makes it gloriously no matter what the circumstances. And so I was real happy. He said yes to the album. And I said, uh, you know, I I wanted, I want to do for all we know is your guitar feature. And I said, but I got a little twist on it. I want to do it as a bolero. Um, And I I think it'll work and and, uh, let's try it. So we went in and we did, he didn't say anything at the time. He was just like, okay, you know, and uh, we we do the, we do the, the the take, and he comes out of his booth at the end, and I was feeling really good about it. And he said, "You know, you didn't you probably didn't know this, but for all we know, is one of my all time favorite tunes. And I've never played it as a bolero, and I love it like that. And it just it just made <laughs> me so happy uh, that, that yeah. he liked it, and, and that that I had picked the tune that was near and dear to him. So." So yeah, this is for all we know and it's just you know, the the little uh, narrative interview that precedes it uh, I I basically make the observation that you get to a point in life where it's no longer possible to make new old friends. And, yes. and this whole album became a celebration of those relationships.
2: Yes. Uh, right. I, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna have to apologize to you. I, I think I only have the spoken word part of that. Okay. Um, John, uh, so we'll have to circle back on that and put those two together. Uh, but, uh, I, I think your, your comments here at the end, very poignant and, and, uh, you know, something we should all consider in our daily movements oh, and you. relationships, particularly with, with so much loss in the world. You mentioned, uh, that you'd, you'd lost, uh, a parent to COVID. I did too. And I know Greg right. has been lost um, in your family right. and, uh, man, friends and, well, to you too, friends and Family uh, more obviously important than than ever, and uh, I thought you really found the right words. And and, and if, uh, I I think I missed the uh, the musical uh, companion to this, but we'll uh, play oh, no that problem. as we start as we start next week's show, uh, and, and we'll talk again about this uh, just so that we, we pay some tribute to it. But uh, I'm going to play your remarks because I think that'll give people a taste of, of what's to come if if, if you'll indulge me.
4: Oh. Uh, uh, that's great. That's great. One of the greatest joys of recording this album has been reuniting with so many old friends, musicians I've known for 25 or even 35 years. It's been a vivid reminder that eventually you reach an age where you realize it's simply no longer possible to make new old friends, that's when the hugs get tighter and the laughs get sweeter. And that golden thread that tethers you to a shared past gets even stronger, even though it's gotten longer. Old friends make us slow down. They take us back and help us touch again, a time we thought would never end.
2: How great is that? Hugs get tighter. How great is that? Uh, Gandhi said, <laughs> I think, uh, he said that uh, he says much more to life than increasing its speed and uh, uh, seems to be apropos to, to, to those comments mm. of yours, John. What a treat it is to, to get to know you a little bit, John. Uh, you, you've got friends in these airwaves. Anytime we can help you with your good works. Uh you, you call us up and we will we will make a run uh, for John our motto. Uh what's that what's on the horizon tired. for you? Well, it's it's how we it's, I know speaking for Greg, it's how we feel. Uh we want to help good artists that uh, you know, are, are good hearted people and uh uh I certainly we get those signals from you. Uh, what's on the horizon what's for you, John? What are you up to? Well, you
4: know, the, the album uh, released during the pandemic, and uh, so there was no live show opportunities during the release. And now, and, and it's, you know, live shows are coming back. It's been a little slow, um, and uh, I, I'm, I need to kind of get my act together on promoting this. But for 2023, I want to get, uh, you know, some small tours or at least a, a few live shows on the books. I'd love to come to Chicago. And uh, uh, do do a show there. I'm, I'm going to try and book some stuff for Northern California. But so that's that's the next step for me is I want to want to translate this into a live experience. It, it'll be a challenge, you know. There's uh, 34 musicians on the album, so <laughs> or 28 musicians. <laughs> <more laughs> going to need a bigger um, bus.
3: Yeah, exactly,
4: exactly. So mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to do some quartet versions of some of the larger ensemble pieces sure. and. Uh, because, as you know, there's some big string pieces and large horn sections whatever on some of the things. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to tr- translate the album to some live performances. And then, you know, I, I, I w- had this idea for 40 years. It took five years to produce the album, and I was a little exhausted from it. I thought, well,
3: you know, maybe never
4: again. But then I find myself making notes. I'm like, you know, there's this cool idea I have for another album.
0: <laughs>
4: so, uh, so I'm starting to Don't think of some bands that I might do next. Um, uh, and we'll we'll see if any of those come to fruition. But I'm starting to play with some some follow up ideas. Well,
3: I'm John, thrilled to John, hear that, Greg. Uh, 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 this is great. Uh, 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 it, it was a ple- I just want to tell you it's a pleasure talking to you. However, I wanted to ask you about this, but I'm not because we're touching for time. I just want to make a comment. But there's certain tools sure. that I feel that you just uh, you just kind of leave alone. Like one, like what are you going to do? What are you going to do with it? Like uh, one tool, I feel like. Uh, <laughs> is uh point uh 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 bumping on sunset uh with uh west montgomery I and mean, yeah. what are you going to do and then uh point the is another like what are you going to do point what Indiana. are you going to do with that yeah but you did yeah, yeah. you yeah. did people should listen to that you accomplished yeah. uh uh like you did something with that and oh uh, thank, you. thank just you next time uh you have to have people you have to explain your layers that you recorded and uh, and it's just courageous to take a a, a tune like that. Oh, thank you. Uh, uh, thank you, man. That means a uh, lot, and, and especially habit.
4: coming from a fellow drummer. I, I sure appreciate that. Yeah. And and you know, if, yeah, if, you're, if your if listeners uh, if your listeners go to the website, I've got a a, a little video liner note uh, for each one of the tunes, and so they can hear a little yes. some background story about how each came together. Right. And so I invite people to check that out. Just go to the Com. Uh, but listen, Greg and Scott, you, you both have been delightful. I, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed this and how grateful I am uh, for you to take the time to bring me into your world and, in, and indulge my passion for this it and give me a chance to tell a few stories.
2: Well, pleasure's been ours, John, and uh, we'll do it again soon, I hope. And uh, anytime you've got something new or if you just want to uh, come on and uh, we can, you know, there's still – Still a half an album, album to get to here. We're going to play with yeah. your mission, Sienna on the way Great. out. Uh, so is there anything you'd like to talk, uh, set that up? Uh, you want to set that up for us just so our listeners have that? Um,
4: yeah, v- very quickly, I'll say that it's a pain in the butt, this tune, because it's, <laughs> it was so famous. The Ahmad Jamal version is so famous. And Vernel Fournier, his drummer, created such a distinct drum beat for it that. When we tried it in the studio, uh, we walked away from it. We said, no, that's not, we can't do any better can't than what's it. been done. And so we actually, we actually yeah. said we're not going to do it. Uh, but then I had an idea on how to reapproach it. So this is as a shuffle rather than a sort of second line New Orleans beat which is that it's famous for. Uh-huh. And hopefully this is a, 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 just a, a new take on an old classic. And uh, I,
2: I do hope people enjoy it. Yeah, I, I bet they will. I'm sure they will. And as I say, we'll play that uh, on the way out uh, of our broadcast today. Uh, John, thank you again. So appreciate you. Uh, keep swinging, my friend. And, uh, and oh, thank you, My Well, all the best. Stay, stay, stay safe. Be well. Stay healthy as as well too. Uh, wear a mask, right? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you, and I appreciate you both. Crazy. Thanks so much. Crazy times. Thank Do you that, John. Uh, take real good Our care. Our pleasure. Thank uh, Greg. Greg, uh, how about that? What a, what a wonderful guy. Uh, let's take a oh, quick yeah. little break here, uh, and uh, when we come back, uh, maybe uh, maybe you've got something up your sleeve for for this uh, for this month in jazz. I don't know. Uh, if you don't, we'll just reflect on some of what we just heard. But I want I want folks to start. Looking at our uh, swag tab on the website, we've got uh, we've got mugs, uh, soul message band mugs and uh, jazz mill mugs. They're wonderful stocking stuffers, and uh, this fellow here is going to tell you how to get them.
1: And now a quick word from our sponsors. Stay tuned. If you dig what you're hearing, friends, why not pick up some Jazz Mill and Soul Message Band merchandise? High-quality mugs and tees that are certain to make you the hippest cat around. Just take out your phone. Ease on over to thejazzmill.net, click on the Swag tab, and get your order down. It's quick, it's simple, it's safe, and your satisfaction is 100% guaranteed. More sales help jazz musicians against cancer the Multiple Sclerosis Association of America and the ASPCA. Welcome back for more great music and lively discussion on the Jazz Mill with your host, Scott Henderson.
2: Greg, any, uh, any takeaways from our visit with John Armato? Any things that jumped out at you about, uh, about him and his, uh, his wonderful works?
3: Oh, well, his, um, obviously his, his love for, for ballads. But uh, also the instrumentals and the lyrics, like instrumentals and knowing the lyrics of a song, but it's an instrumental. Uh, you can hear yeah, it in his playing awesome. that he, he, he knows the song inside yeah. and out. And uh, just the, the, the family of music, it just sounded reminding me so much of uh, my family growing up, uh, the way he yeah. did, uh, the way he. He grew up, and uh, also I wanted to mention, uh, we have a lot of connections to Kansas City besides the people that we named. uh, I was uh, getting ready to leave to go on the road with another singer, Irene Reed, and Charlie Earlin and I, we split up. I was playing a concert somewhere, and he was playing somewhere, and we were going to meet up and get with Irene, and we were going on the road during the Christmas holidays and uh-huh. uh he passed away Char- Charles Earl did, and he passed away oh, and he passed away uh in Kansas City and playing at a club uh that i uh play at called the blue room and uh-huh. uh he so there's a lot of memory in Kansas City uh for yeah I'll so say. him I'll you know, say. Know. yeah so that's that's
2: uh you guys I, 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 I enjoy I talking knew to you. I knew you'd be fast friends. Just you guys have got so much in common, and um, you know, uh, uh, suspected about him uh, that I would like him. uh, Hearing some of his uh, uh, interviews and how he set up the, the clips for that album. I mean, it's a really clever way to uh communicate the the theme of an album the way the way he's done this and uh it's just another layer to get your teeth into as you uh you know kind of understand where it's coming from and you have a deeper appreciation but b- because of it and uh uh so yeah that was wonderful uh just sad for the soul you know uh so uh greg now what are you up to you've got some where are you playing this week may i ask
3: I uh, sure uh, matter in the next 30 minutes I should be showered up dressed and heading down the highway tonight we're playing uh, you are at uh, Winter's uh, Jazz Club uh, in Chicago yes uh, with a wonderful vocalist and a CD that came out with us and uh, Hinda Hoffman over the oh, pandemic yes. just like uh, John's uh, so uh, yep this week uh, tonight is at the uh Winners Jazz Club Saturday night at once again club uh 4114 yep. in walking and then Sunday at the Green Mill so uh yes that's uh, that's it for this week uh i guess that's enough uh
2: these the, he's and the hardest know. working band in Chicago showbiz uh greg Rockingham. <laughs> greg i'll see you saturday night uh bringing mrs henderson over to uh over to the club and we uh, can't wait to can't wait to hear some live music. Uh, you guys are uh, terrific. And what a, what a great treat it is to have it in my backyard. I don't even have to go downtown to hear this uh, world class uh, B3 uh, combo uh, in action. So it's a treat for me. And I, I don't Thank take you. it for granted. Believe me, I don't. Uh, so uh, thank you for your part in all of it, uh, Greg, and, and our deepest appreciation to our guest today, John Armato, uh, and, and, uh, and of course, to you for tuning in at this time and every time to the Jazz Mill if you dig it. Tell your friends about us, won't you please? Uh, we're going to play you out uh, with another of John's uh, songs called Point Sienna, which we mentioned uh, in our interview with him. Uh, keep swinging, folks. I know that you will.